everybody and welcome back. I am the Bull and this is See the Bullski, the podcast where I talk about leadership, followership, resiliency, and wellness. Over the last couple of weeks, I have been breaking down the different pillars of resilience, which started with mental resilience, and last week I covered physical resilience. This week, I want to go over the emotional side, which in a way is very similar to mental resilience, but I like to think of it as the flip side to mental, so let's get into it. So mental resilience deals with the cognitive aspects and emotional deals with the feeling side. In case you haven't listened to my mental resilience session or you just need a refresher, our brains essentially have three layers, which is the brainstem at the bottom controlling automatic functions that are essential to life. Things like breathing, consciousness, blood pressure, heart rate, sleep, etc. The limbic brain is responsible for the behavioral and emotional responses and then you have the neocortex which controls higher brain functions and executive functioning things like critical thinking and problem solving now it's important to note that there's a massive connection between the layers of the brain obviously and all i mean in this case is that the limbic and neocortex are continuously looping back and forth to each other and the reason that i did mental resilience first physical resilience second, and now emotional resilience, was to break up the mental and emotional sides a little bit so that hopefully I can create a better understanding about in between those two and the differences therein because they are very, very similar in a lot of ways, but they are grounded in different layers of the brain. Uh, reminder, mental resilience is how you deal with and recover from challenging life events. And this to me is closely tied to the perspectives that you have when things are stressing you out. And while you can't always control what's happening, you can always choose how you want to deal with something, even though a lot of times, and especially at first, it doesn't feel like you can. But notice what I just said. I said it doesn't feel like you can. And that's why we must talk about emotion resilience apart from the mental, because that emotional side can very easily take over. But fear not, because there are things that you can do to help keep your emotional reactions in check and take control of your responses. So emotional resilience is the ability to respond to stressful or unexpected situations and crises or, you know, a lot of crisis. If we say that mental resilience is about perspectives, then I would say that emotional resilience is about adaptation and coping when demands are placed on us, what we experience is called stress. I've said it before, but just, you know, as a reference point, in technical terms, what happens is a part of the brain called the amygdala detects the stress and signals the HPA how to react. If you recall, the HPA is also known as the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, you know, hypothalamus, pituitary gland, and adrenal gland. They activate and voila, we have fight or flight. Now, stress can be interpreted by the brain in many different ways. And emotional stress would be when we sense something in the environment that makes us feel scared, sad, frustrated, angry, you know, emotional. I don't think I can explain emotional resilience without going over some general info about the brain development. So I'm going to try and keep this simple, but here we go. Putting it as basic as I can so I don't go into an hour-long TED Talk about neurodevelopment, the three layers all develop at different rates because they do different things based on needs of survival and difficulty of function. The brainstem, you know, it's going on before birth. We usually get it developed around seven weeks when we're still in the womb. And then the limbic system comes on from about birth to five years old. And the neocortex is learning to engage from about six months to around 25 years of age. 
Yes, you heard that right, 25. It can actually take up to 25 years for our higher level functioning to finish developing. But our emotional center is up and running way before that. And if you think about babies, they're just big balls of emotion or small balls of emotion, right? And as we get older, we learn to talk and articulate, but small kids are still prone to emotional outbursts. And then when they become teenagers, that adds a whole bunch of you know fun chemicals in puberty. And the general hope is that by you know the end of the teen years, they are for better or for worse, balanced human beings. So you gotta kind of keep that in mind that emotions are ingrained in us and that emotional center of the brain is an older and stronger part of the brain than our neocortex. So it's more likely when stress comes about that we're going to have an emotional reaction first because if they're sensing, if we are sensing a threat, we want to be able to have that stress response up and running to help keep us safe. Over time as we get older though and we get a little bit more cognitive control, we learn to balance it out with our mental side. So like I said at the beginning, the two do kind of feedback and forth into each other. And I know I'm making this sound way simpler than it actually is, but I really don't want to stray too far off of the main topic, which again is emotional resilience. I just want you to understand that your emotional state as an adult does come from years of developmental learning and nurturing from parents, siblings, friends, adults, etc., all through your life. And sometimes the wrong lessons were learned and reinforced, leading to maladaptive responses, emotional responses, that permeate your life. And for a lot of adults, we've continued to reinforce these reactions our entire lives to the point that they are so justified and normalized in our own heads that any attempt to challenge them causes severe discomfort. But you can relearn, adapt, and cope more effectively. At the beginning, I said that emotional resilience is about the ability to respond to stressful or uh, unexpected situations and crises. So please remember that definition. And also keep in mind that just like physical resilience, there are factors that can influence your emotional resilience. Things like age, your sense of identity, your personal experiences, which is why you know I, I share just a little bit about the developmental side because it does play such a big part. I found this article on emotional resiliency from childsociety.org that talks about developing emotional resilience starting in childhood because children are largely emotional creatures first and then they learn to develop their cognitive skills throughout life. But if you don't learn emotional control, then you risk always being at the whim of the internal river of emotion within us all. And that's how I like to think of emotions, kind of like a river. It's okay to enjoy the water and to swim around and dive in and embrace it for what it is, but you also gotta learn how to swim. And also remember, you gotta come up to the surface for breath sometimes, otherwise you'll drown. Cause that's kind of how it feels like when our emotions get the best of us. It feels like we're drowning. Sometimes we can wade too far into the water or you know, we fall into a rushing stream and we feel ourselves getting dragged down river. In those instances of emotional turmoil, we have to rely on our ability to swim or in extreme cases, we need someone you know, to throw us a rope because if they just jump in after us, they risk drowning too. And I swear, if I can go just one podcast without using analogies, I should give, get a trophy. But today, I'm going with it. So here we go. For the most part, we all learn to quote unquote swim in our emotions as we grow. And we all probably started in the kiddie pool and then graduated to the real pool in our backyard or maybe a community pool. And as life goes on, you know, we go to water parks, we go to the lake and eventually the ocean with its, you know, intense waves and undercurrent. And isn't that a great representation for life? You know, just as we grow, we get into more stressful situations. We get into more adult circumstances 
And you know, if we go through the stages of life and in the environments that we're supposed to be operating in, we kind of learn how to operate and how to function and how to thrive. You know, as we grow, we learn to develop the skills to handle the nature of the environment that we're placed in. Just like you learn to swim to handle more intense waters, you can also develop emotional resilience so you don't drown in your own internal river. There's a quote from verywellmind.com that also talks about emotional resilience and says, quote, research shows that those who deal with minor stresses more easily can manage major crises with greater ease. So resilience has its benefits for daily life as well as for the rare major catastrophes. Now this is a pretty this is pretty simple, right? The more easily you deal with simple things, the better you're prepared to handle big things. And that's why I usually encourage people to practice resiliency skills in daily life so that you can develop the habits in easier to handle situations so that when big things occur, you don't get overwhelmed or stuck in just surviving and you know, you can instead work towards thriving. In terms of emotional resilience, there are some skills that you can learn to develop so you're better prepared for that rushing river of emotions. The first step is always going to be emotional awareness. Start by taking the time and the space you need to understand your own feelings. And it's amazing to me how that sentiment is so often perceived as some touchy feeling mumbo jumbo when everybody has emotions. Feelings are a central element to our lives because quite often the things that you care about are things that you get emotional about, which is normal and it's healthy. So you wanna start by understanding who you are and how you handle things. Uh, how you handle things, like what are your triggers, what do you care about, what are, what are things that are gonna get you off kilter, whatever it is. Reflection is a great skill in this regard, but you can also use journaling. Journaling is really helpful when you are amped up because it allows you to get your thoughts and feelings on paper and out of your own head when you aren't in the right headspace to reflect. And it also lets you look back when you're in a calm place to try and understand yourself a little bit better. You know, if you've ever overreacted and then cooled down or maybe the next day been like, ooh, I could have handled that better. That's what I mean when, you know, emotionally you got amped up and you kind of got out of your own control, your emotions took over. Well, if you can capture your thoughts about your feelings in that moment, then you can reflect back on it and you can begin to kind of reverse engineer what your responses are and learn to respond a little bit better. You know, sometimes you don't know until after the fact, but you know, don't be too proud or afraid to acknowledge that the way that you handle something isn't the best way, or you know, maybe it's making you into the person that you don't want to be. And you can't change something if you refuse to look at it. So again, reflection and journaling are great ways to help you gain some emotional awareness. The next skill is perseverance, which I've talked about in a previous session. You know, please go check it out. I thought it was pretty good. Perseverance is just another way of saying remaining hopeful, right? Remaining hopeful for the future. If things can be at their worst, then there is only one way to go. And remember, everything shall pass. Good, bad, whatever, everything shall, shall pass. And I honestly, I like bad times, you know, after the fact, clearly, but I like hard times because hard times let you see who you really are and what you are really capable of. If you're going through hell, why stop? And I've said that before. You're already in hell, so keep going. I guess for me, perseverance really comes down to finding and having that reason to keep going and holding on to that no matter what. In all honesty though, you know, a lot of us, we may not know what we want to do or what we truly care about or why. And because it can be so overwhelming to you know, learn or experience, or maybe sometimes we feel trapped by our current circumstances, that the idea of splitting our effort is terrifying. And I think that's totally normal, but I would also encourage you to ask yourself if you feel fulfilled now, and if so, what can you do or what do you need to do to maintain that sense of purpose 
Or if you aren't, and I would say not only purpose but also happy, then what are you doing to find that missing piece in your life? The thing is, no one can give it to you. But that also means that no one can take it from you or tell you that you're wrong because it isn't their life. It's yours. So make the most of it and remember that you haven't lost until you quit. Never give up chasing and pursuing the things that make you happy and the things that give you a sense of purpose. The ability to persevere is also linked to another skill and that's called developing an internal locus of control. What this means is that you are in control of what you do. And that is what emotional resiliency helps foster. It's that remembrance that only you can control you. So try not to justify bad habits because it's the outside world's fault or you know it's not my fault, it's this person's fault that I acted this way. No, it's your fault that you acted that way. And I don't mean to push blame, but no one, unless you're telling me somebody literally has like psychic control and can control you, you're responsible for your control. You know, other things can happen, but you're always responsible for what you do in response. I want to add that to added to the locus of control, there is the emotional control. So overall, the point I want to make is that just like in perseverance, where you are in control of your own life's journey, emotionally, you're in as much control as you learn to be and allow yourself to be, even if it does take time to learn that control. Flexibility is the next skill, and that is the hallmark of emotional resiliency, because again, emotional resilience is about adaptability and coping. Um, I found a quote that says, wishing things were different is a great way to torture yourself. And that goes right back to things that you can and can't control. If you can control it, then do it and move on. But if you can't, then wasting time and energy wishing things were different is just prolonging and often amplifying the suffering that you're going through. So again, it all comes down to how much you allow outside circumstances to direct your thoughts and feelings. If you really don't like something, is there something that you can change? Or do you need to work to find a way to make it work? Um, I, I have some, some medical issues that I'm currently working through. Um, and they're pretty disruptive to my life, if, I, if I'm being honest. Um, they prevented me from enjoying things with my friends and with family. Uh, but I do what I can with what I have right now. And if a solution is found, you know, great, I'm trying to find one. But right for right now, all I can do is make the best of my circumstances that I have. And thankfully, the people I include in my life are understanding. But if they weren't, I would remove them. And I'm not trying to say that my situation is better or worse than anybody else out there that's listening. I'm just saying... There are things that you can control and there are things that you can't. And don't hold too stringently to the way you wish things were that you neglect making the most of what you can control. And again, I, I think flexibility is so key to the ability of adaptability. I mean, flexibility is adaptability, frankly. You know, it also Flexibility also comes into play when combined with reflective thinking because sometimes we stick with a style of thought or a perspective because it feels good, but it really isn't beneficial. Or because you know sometimes, you know some people, you may know somebody like this, you might be somebody like this, you, you kind of get a little high off of a righteous indignation um, it can be quite addictive, I understand. But as my wife asks me sometimes, you know, do you want to be right or do you want to be effective? Be flexible, be adaptive. Go. I, I'm a big proponent of be effective. Now, some of you may think that these words that I'm saying sound easy, but the application is much harder. And if you are one of those people, I agree. But what do we do? Should we just say, well, we tried and move on? Not necessarily. In those tricky circumstances, when you realize that there is room for emotional resilience growth, but doing it alone doesn't seem feasible, here's a trick. Phone a friend. 
I've mentioned this before, and anyone that knows me knows that I have a tendency to get fired up about you know certain topics, certain things, like anybody. But I also know that I allow myself to get you know overly amped up. So I purposely have worked to find friends and family and coworkers that I can call on to help wrangle me back to earth off of my high horse. And for the most part, they're happy to do it. You know, I want to add that I'm not abdicating responsibility for my own self-control because I can say with certainty that I have learned to be better and better manage and control myself over time as I've gotten you know older and whatnot. But it's still nice to have people that I can trust who will help me be the person that I want to be. So please don't think it's about needing someone else to make you who you are or you know, someone else has to control you. But sometimes it does help to have an outside perspective, help you know, keep you grounded and keep you centered. And the more that it happens and the more that you do it, I think you can learn to get better control of yourself because sometimes we get emotionally amped up because we feel alone and that kicks our defenses into gear. But having somebody else on our side like, hey, whoa, whoa, are you okay? It does help remind us that we're not alone. We don't need to be alone. And there are people that care about us. So if you are having a hard time with that emotional uh, resilient piece and you feel overwhelmed, find somebody that you can trust and call upon that can help keep you grounded and you know help keep you being the person that you want to be. Uh, sometimes we just need a safety net until we get a good grip, you know? So there you go. That is the info on emotional resilience. It's the flip side of the mental side. It talks, you know, it's, it's all about the emotional feeling aspect, whereas mental is more about the thoughts and the cognitions that we're having. And remember, emotions aren't necessarily a bad thing or a good thing. You know, emotions are the spice of life. And without them, we wouldn't have things like love, happiness, or joy, or any of the other positive feelings. But that also means that there is always a risk for negative feelings, and they both have their place as long as they are in balance. And each side defines the other. So don't be too quick to disregard any of them. But, you know, try practicing and developing the emotional resiliency skills. You can, it does help minimize the discomfort while maximizing the good in a helpful and beneficial way. Please keep in mind, perspective plays a key in both the mental and emotional resilience. And a little bit of optimistic, positive thinking never hurts. Lastly, and I really do mean this, give yourself a break. It's going to be okay. It may not feel like it right now, and for some of you listening, that I understand. And remember all of the bad things you survived up to this point. Remember that you haven't been beaten yet, so get back up. You know, let's go. You know, don't give up. You got this. And I think that's really a great way to end on the session is emotionally uplifting. So practice a little bit of flexibility. Keep that optimism going. And thank you again, as always, for listening. Please share this out to anybody that needs to hear it, and I will certainly check you out next time.